Welcome to Speak Sex. I'm your host, Eve Eurydice, and today's guest is Brandon Hobson. Uh, he's a writer, uh, he's a, and, and a citizen of the Cherokee nation, which is so cool. <laughs> uh, Brandon has written four books, uh, Deep Ellum, uh, Desolation of Avenues Untold, Where the Dead Sit Talking, which was a finalist for the National Book Award, and recently, in 2021, they removed. Um, so, welcome to the show, Brandon. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. yeah. Um, we we kind of have walked in like parallel uh, literary paths through the years, and every time we've uh, seen each other or talked to each other, we've discovered more <laughs> um, overlaps and. Uh, it's it's good. It's good to have. So I'd like to talk about uh, the the literary moment. You know, we're uh, now in the summer post COVID, <laughs> and we're opening up, and it feels like the world uh, the world is changed. But even though you know we're always in change and we're always in process, it feels that the world is changing. You know, even faster. Um, than it felt before COVID. <laughs> um, our realities keep being updated. Um, so yeah, I wanted to talk to you in general uh, about what that means for literature right now, um, you know, in 2021. What should it be doing? What can it be doing? Uh, what's the job of art <laughs> in this moment, you know, in this like highly um, hyper-capitalist, right, and, and hyper-imperial <laughs> moment? <laughs> yeah. Um, how yeah. do we speak truth, right? Well, it seems to me, you know, that literature has become more sensitive now than ever before, at least the, the readers of of literature and that they they feel um there need to be um content warnings and and um trigger warnings right which i'm all for because i have triggers also but um i i i i feel like over the the years and you're one who comes out of the school of experimental fiction and really sort of pushing the boundaries. And I think that's what really drew me into um, reading was, was reading the, the type of discovering the type of literature that goes beyond um, just simply entertaining and which is what art is supposed to do, right. To, to access parts of ourselves that we're not comfortable talking about, that people, you know, the human condition that people are struggling with that feels very honest and that in a sense becomes a gift for us, the reader, that we feel like the writer is giving us more than just simply a story. And that often means accessing really deep parts of ourselves, right, and our our passions and our problems and, and um, coming to that as a reader, I think, is is very exciting um, when when you can allow yourself to open up and access right the way that 
characters feel and the, the way that the text is doing things that feels like it's it's very alive and that it's more than just simply telling a story um and so i i don't know i mean i feel really i i i, I feel very strongly about that that it's be, that we've become very sensitive to you know the fact that oh no there's a dead dog in this story trigger warning there's a dead dog, right? Or there's a, you know, um, um, a mention of, um, you know, someone, I don't know. I mean, it's, 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 it's just gotten ridiculous. It feels like, right. Do you feel, yeah. do you, do you feel like that also? Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I think the whole, I think the whole thing has become a mess. And when I talk to my friends, you know, who are artists, who are creatives, they're all echoing, you know, in their own words, this type of sentiment, which is there is some sort of censorship, um, you know, there, there are, you know, category, too many categories uh, that we're supposed to kind of, you know, either fit in or avoid. Um, and in general, it feels a little totalitarian, right? So even though it's our let's say, our own side, <laughs> like our progressive uh, political side, right? Um, it still feels totalitarian. Uh, for, for a creative who is motivated by discovering the unknown, right? By the risk of what's on the other end of this, of this journey through the darkness, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and how do we go, get a, around that? Um, I don't know. I mean, what I what I've done is I really um, have uh, you know tried to go against it <laughs> um, and make you know yeah. more and more like let's say shocking right work, yeah. um, and because that's the only thing that interests me, you know. So if if it doesn't get the like whatever you know bought or 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 um, exhibited enough. That's that's the price I'll pay for now. And there is always like history, you know, the bigger container of time, mm -hmm. of human time. But for me, if I don't feel uh, danger, I mm -hmm. don't, you know, I, I don't per I don't participate in, in making art or, you know, writing. I have to feel like, oh, my God, I'm going to get burned at the stake for this. And then I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. What do you, do you feel like you've always been like that, or is that something that um, when you I, I know that you you got your MFA from Brown, is that correct? And that school, I think, with Robert yeah. Hoover, really pushed. I think is you know very, I mean, known for being very ex right. experimental. Um, is that something that you discovered more about yourself when you started? doing gr the graduate work no 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 i was always yeah it was always my okay. interest it was part you yeah. know like uh, for me writing was very much an act of rebellion right so yeah all of my choices you know uh, have involved some sort of resistance uh, otherwise i might as well just do what i'm told and like get the perks and <laughs> chill <laughs> yeah yeah so like the first literature that even attracted my attention um 
outside, like just consuming everything, which you do when you're a kid, uh, was uh, surrealism. When I was in Greece, you know, and I was a preteen or, I don't know, early young teen, um, and I just like devoured all of the work of the surrealists and that, um, you know, opened, opened up for me you know, this realm of possibilities where I could find a voice because everything yeah. was kind of like allowed, right? The most like uh, unspeakable <laughs> stuff <Yeah>. could be spoken. <laughs> so yeah, I think like from the beginning, my, my, my definition of it was very uh, chthonic, you know, um, yeah, not, not so much uh, personally, you know, from, I, I've never been interested in telling stories of what, happens you know in the world as we know it that surrounds us yeah <laughs> yeah i it, i mean that's that's interesting you say that that yeah i feel like your work really really does push the the boundaries of, right the work that i've read um and i think early on reading people like you and and kathy acker oh yeah that, kathy for sure <laughs> yeah, I that sort of opened up this possibility of well, not only just and I'm not just talking about content, but I'm talking about form as well. That's right. And and the the the, the early the, which we talked about in my Miami, you and I talked one night, and I told you there is an anthology that I have around here somewhere. Um, the IO anthology of innovative fiction that you, that's where I first discovered your work, the Kathy actors in there and, um, you know, David Foster Wallace and, and um, William Gass wrote the introduction. It's just this amazing book and has all this. I don't know if, if uh, Volman's in that or not, but I, I don't the, think the, so. Yeah. He, he's not in that one, but, but, but I discovered his work along in the early nineties along all of you together. And it just sort of really opened up this sort of world of, wow, I didn't know you could do this. And this is really exciting stuff here. Right. And, and so it became more on one hand, you know, I was reading the um, sort of uh, kitchen sink, Realist, I guess, is a term I think Salman Rushdie uses, right? To, to, Raymond Carver and and um, the sort of minimalism that feels very hyper real, right? Sort of domestic, um, domestic realism at that time and before that, and really loving that. And then so when I discovered all this sort of a little bit more innovative stuff, it it was. Uh, as exciting so i felt like wow literature is doing all this you know and, and it became very inspiring for me as a writer um and so uh so i mean i want to thank you for for that because it was you know it was at a time pre-internet you know and and um, just sort of feeling like you discover you're in a bookstore and you just find kind of a, right, um, a gem. Yeah. Well, I think and it's the fearlessness. Yeah. 
It is. It's the fearlessness. And, and again, with, with structure mm-hmm. and, and, and language. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it becomes more than just the, you know, as an undergraduate, when you're sort of taught or even a high school, when you're sort of taught, you know, this is um, basically what a story is involved with. It's just a conflict and the narrative arc and, and the more traditional, you know, we're always introduced first, I think, to the more traditional method of story. So I just that the these wonderful birds fell into my lap. Right with all these sort of magical qualities about them that I was able to, you know, and, and you being one of them. Right. And so, yeah. So I, um, it was just uh, sort of like a gift. And that's what I always come back to is I, what I feel like is what I feel like literature should be doing is giving a gift to the reader. Mm, yeah. And, and that gift I think sometimes requires work of the reader, I guess. It's, yeah. it's a, it's a very strange thing because I know that, um, you know, we're not just the, the gift involves the reader accessing and thinking about parts of themselves that they don't normally think about. Yeah. That's the gift. Like I'm starting to understand this about myself Right. Um, after I read this or about who I am, my identity and what I love, what I'm interested in, what turns me on, what gets me off. And that d- is a sort of gift. Right. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I call it the, the gift of freedom, you know. And yes. Yeah. 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 And we are, you know, from from the beginning of consciousness, right? Like as soon as we uh, get to understand our name, we mm-hmm. are losing freedom, right? We're being restricted. <laughs> We're told yeah. this is the right way. Don't do this. Don't do that. No, no, no. You know, don't sit that way. Don't speak that way. Don't go there. Don't touch this, right? <laughs> so to undo that, <laughs> we have, you know, we have these perks like art where you don't no longer have to feel restricted so yeah the question your question comes it becomes important like what do you do with these like uh, trigger warnings <laughs> um when right, right p- part of the of the journey into into the unknown part of the journey of change uh, you know kind of like requires that discomfort and and those those um you know the like whatever you want to call it the ugly parts are also our parts you know like we're blood and guts and um we're not that pretty <laughs> all the time yeah, yeah. <laughs> right yeah <laughs> I, I i mean the word discomfort is really a, an important word right mm-hmm. um and and i'm I'm, I'm interested. I so it, in my in my new book, The Removed. I I part of. I mean, the, there's a section that becomes very. I I think. I mean, I want it to be very surreal um, with one of the characters who 
um, overdoses and enters the darkening land, which is which is a a place that's mentioned in Cherokee mythology, the darkening oh, land. Oh, nice. Yeah, where where souls go after death until justice is served, and so I sort of created this darkening land to be kind of not much different than the earth that we live on right now, but at the same time is sort of ghostly and people coughing dust and um, right. So, but, but the uh, part of what I wanted to do is arouse some sort of discomfort in the reader and the, 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 um, the way that the character is the object of a video game that's shooting natives, right, out, out of ray, out of racism, that these guys are developing this shooting game that shoots only Native Americans, and so the character in my book becomes very afraid that, you know, here I am in a place where people are pointing guns at me, and it's it's a sort of game. Right. And and, you know, to get people to think about something like guns and shootings and how I mean, we're in 2021 and we're we've already had I don't know how many. Oh, yeah. Record number again. We're we're at record number again. And and here we are, you know, half of the year, if if that is gone. Um, And I. I guess it it it's a way to talk about things through through our art. It's a way to talk about things that is it, arouses discomfort, right? Because yeah. it's not com- it's not comfortable to talk about these kinds of of things. I think for especially for a lot of people, um, but they need to be talked about and. Um, I, in some ways, I think through surrealism or absurdism um, becomes a fun way for me to be able to talk about it. So the, there's sections um, that a lot of readers, like Book of the Club readers, I, Book of the Month Club readers, I don't know, that are a little bit more traditional or conservative in their novel that they read come away i think sometimes i've gotten some messages where people just are like wow this is just too weird i don't know if it's supposed <laughs> to if it's supposed to be real or if it's supposed to be fantasy and i uh, my answer i mean you know things don't feel resolved in the world things do feel surreal in the world um the oh, answers yeah, COVID. come on <laughs> right yeah. is that it's the most surreal thing right isn't it that I mean, a few years ago, would we have thought something like that would have happened? And, and um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm interested in and in disrupting the narrative and sometimes not giving traditional closure or resolution in stories um, be, for all those reasons, right? For the reader to, to do the work, for the reader to... Uh, think about how disrupted the um, things are right now in the world. And, and so um, there, there, that's not a real popular, I think, idea, right. To come. I mean, there, there are those of us, I think we're probably a minority. There's a small minority of us, right. Who are interested in doing that. 
maybe. But I, I don't know. I think I, I think I would argue that literary fiction should be doing that. I agree. I agree. Yeah. And I think that it's not a minority necessarily of us writers as much as it's definitely, you know, not encouraged by the means of centralized production. So there are fewer yeah. and fewer like writer co-ops. There are fewer and fewer like small literary publishers um, who will even pay you a penny. So what happens is your agent, if you have one, and your editor, if you have one, will encourage out of your ideas the one that's normative. And right. that's how the system perpetuates itself, right? So for me, even... Um, for me, part of the problem here is how many of us have taken it for granted that this is what we're going to do for a living, which kind of like didn't used to be the case. You know, it was it was always a crapshoot whether you could live off your writing or not. And there was never any security. And now with like creative writing programs and all of that, like a lot of students, you know, uh, go into it thinking they're going to have a career. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. what? It's like, dude, you have the wrong idea about the whole thing to begin with like yeah you know they're professional writers who are like copywriters or journalists mm -hmm. and they're professionals mm -hmm. be that but like take the creative out of it because that makes you like for sure unprofessional <laughs> you're yeah. a disruptor you know that's my yeah. idea of it you know and so if there is a system in place um the system wants us to write that story the system wants us to write about the conflict and the resolution and the system trains the reader to expect the same shit. And in the, the comfort of the repetition is numbing, right? So to me, like, I think the, the whole patriarchy reinforces this, like, kind of drama, which started in ancient Greece, right, of, like, the men, you know, competing, right, which creates conflict among men and women, um, and then how that gets resolved, you know, and the folly of men and... Um, I find it personally, I find it like trite, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, sure. I mean, I can be entertained, you know, by it, like in a movie theater or, you know, something minor, but I definitely, w you know, wouldn't give it like hours of my time. Um, I, I do like something that anything that goes against that, you know, um, that kind of like shakes up the, the system in its, you know, in its foundations. Um, so like, for example, I think anything Cherokee would, <laughs> by definition, you know, go against like the normative system, right? Um, and, and this whole movement that's happening now, among the, of course, it's always among like the elite, but you know, uh, it's called rewilding, right? So yeah, yeah, they go out there and they plant like a couple of trees or they go and they spend a couple of days cleaning the reef, the ocean reef or something, right? But I like that concept of rewilding, you know, as kind of like a literary concept and an artistic concept, you know, kind of like bring the wild back into the work um, yeah. and let this kind of like over-civilized veneer, <laughs> you know, go f fall apart. Um, that feels to me like, a more, um, you know, yeah, it does feel to me like a, a more a human and 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 uh, exciting, you know, way to move forward. Um, mm -hmm. That includes consciousness of the moment, you know. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, we, we have kind of like used up the resources of these dumb, uh, you know, literary tropes. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I, I think, um, especially with, you know, I'm Cherokee nation of Oklahoma, one of three, um, there are three bands of Cherokee and, and I'm one of the three, um, being enrolled in, in Cherokee nation. And I think a lot of people, um, are, are so uneducated about native life and, and there's so many different tribes also. And that, that they want the the fiction to learn um, as if they they want to 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 learn something <laughs> about native life, which is um, I mean, this should be taught in schools, right? It should be uh, in. I don't know that schools. Maybe they're 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 going to start doing a better job, but but. Um, the history of um, how bad tribes have been treated by the, the U.S. government, and but but they they come to fiction wanting to read and learn about the culture. I think um, more than more than anything else, or at least that's the, that's the impression I get from a lot of uh, um, a lot of readers um, is that I want to learn about. <laughs> so I'm from from Oklahoma, and you 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 live in Oklahoma, and and someone says I want to learn about Native life. Where do I go? And and it's like just walk outside <laughs> because it's it's no different, right? It's 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 you know, and, and Hollywood I think is getting better now. Um, my friend Sterling Harjo has a uh, an e- series on FX that will I think start in the fall. It just premiered at the Tribeca. Um, festival in New York. He was just there, I think, yesterday or the, the day before. But um, called Reservation Dogs, and um, it's it's uh, set in Oklahoma about Native teenagers. Um, <clears throat> so I think that Hollywood is is starting to pay attention a little bit more because in the past they've only portrayed Natives as eighteen from the eighteen hundreds, sort of you know wild and and um, shooting arrows at people and and you know that there should be a native sitcom there there should be um they they should show the the native um attorneys who are out there that are are no different than anybody else but i i do think i mean there's there's some hope that that's that's going to be different but but i i think that you know so hollywood is has really added to that stereotype um and even cnn you know, not addressing natives and, and saying um, when when they were um, talking, they were saying, um, why, I, I think this is over the election, right? The, the, the percentage of native voters are white, African-American, Asian-American, something, they use the words something else, right? Which is, which I um, would assume would be native Americans, but uh you know it's 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 there's a there's a long way to go but i guess my point in saying all this is i'm i'm not interested necessarily in educating the public on the history of um of the cherokee nation when there are plenty of plenty of nonfiction books out there right and the education system should be should be educating on that but i'm interested in um fiction as i'm interested in creating art that goes that does more than just talks about the culture of 
Cherokee Nation people or or culture in general or the lifestyle or certainly not ceremony um, or or those kinds of things that, you, you know, it's really people don't like to talk about, but more doing doing something else and doing something that I feel like involves. Um, I, I'm like you, I'm interested in surrealism. I, I'm interested in um, experimenting, playing with form and those kinds of things that um, and doing it at least in these last, this last book in a little bit different way um, when I'm talking about native, native literature, I guess. Um, not all my books are about native, have native characters, right? My early books, you know, Deep Ellum. Right. Is, is, yeah. Yeah. Desolation. Um, yeah. I actually have a, a, a really, back in 2005, a really short book experiment. It's only like a hundred pages and it's, um, sublevitationist and it was just um <laughs> just very very um surreal right came out of my interest in in surrealism and so um <clears throat> i i don't know i'm i'm i don't want to be easily defined as this specific type of prose right yeah and i don't writer. think i don't think you are i'm just i but I, I did bring that as an example um the same way that i bring you know like my own you know greek or at least like early greek right um yeah heritage is an example because there is that um you know closer proximity i think to like the pre-lingual or the pre um, you know, pre-imperial, <laughs> yeah. pre-colonial, yeah. something, whatever, however, whatever the word is, you know, the fact that I don't even know the exact word is exactly what I'm talking about, yeah, to something mm -hmm. that has not been defined already and, you know, putting some sort of like, you know, stereotype. And I think having access to that is what, you know, makes for great art because you can like bypass all the stages in between the conventions and get mm -hmm. to that source yeah so yeah. that's what I, f I, I you know i i feel that um you know be, coming from a culture that you know had a, a a long civilization that's not been recorded necessarily right for our benefit but still exists i think that's like a power. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think my culture has that. Um, I mean, we have everything that's been recorded, right? But um, we, you know, I come from an island that's pre-Homeric and like the town where I was born, where my parents were born, um, was a, or mentioned in Homer and has a, 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 you know, ruins, of course, like everywhere in Greece, all over where we live, um, yeah. which are pre-Homeric, and they include like the earliest temple to Orpheus. So, you know, my point is that that sense of what, of all, all that going on that I live so close to, uh, that has not really been translated to me, but that's great. <laughs> yeah. You know, because it's just like there to pick up on, uh, you know, like that, that intuitive um, language that I think is the, the you know the communication that goes on through great writing that's passed beyond the words 
you know, what's left yeah. unsaid. Yeah. Nothing really has changed. And time, you know, to me, when I, when I visited res- reservation life, at least, it felt very much like being at home because time was not like, you know, uh, American time. You know, American time is like on speed, yeah. right? <laughs> and, yeah. And then yeah. when I go home, I'm like, whoa, this is so slow, you know, but it's like yeah. closer to like seasonal time. Um, and I have to like get into that and then it's, you know, it's great. So I have, I've, I have felt that connection that like my where you know, where I come from, Mm -hmm. um, is, you know, is very much like native, like, (laughs) yeah, 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 I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's one of the things I love about, um, New Mexico here is, um, I mean, in some ways it's, it's like Oklahoma in that, um, um, you know, you, you, sometimes it's, it's so laid back, right. Um, that, um, it, you don't sort of feel that pressure of, of time. And, um, I mean, I live where I live, it's, it's Southern New Mexico, right. So we're pretty close to the, the Mexico border is just, I think 40, 40 or 50 miles, you know, um, down the road, you know, but, uh, yeah. um, that's fire. I want to come, you know, I want to come over. <laughs> I want to come. Visit. Yeah. <laughs> I well, love New Mexico. I love it. I love it. I could live there for sure. Um, yeah, when I was, uh, you... cause I went to see you, uh, I got one of my, you know, creative writing masters at CU. Um, and I was oh, also yeah. going to Naropa. That's where I worked with Ginsburg and Boros. <laughs> so anyway, oh, so we yeah. used to come to New Mexico all the time. Um, and I, you know, I just felt so at home. It's exactly what, you know, what you're describing. It felt familiar. I, 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 I just think it was such a great area for an artist residency because there's, there's a few restaurants there and there's an old, there's a movie theater that um, is an old movie theater and it's there's a there's a little town square um um it's it's just a really really beautiful place and the sun you know shines almost every day yeah and the the the, the buildings are so um you know adult they're adobe and i just thought i just i just always mm. think you know such a great place for an artist residency yeah. right yeah. here that makes sense yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna pull so. some money together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah like get a couple of buildings and turn them into a retreat for writers. Yeah, I, I would love to do that. Yeah, yeah that's a I, great way to kind of like bring people you want to hang out with to you. <laughs> while, yeah, right. While you're working and raising your exactly. kids. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 And yeah. For just, sure. Yeah. Talk writing all day. Or well, mm-hmm. like every time you meet, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you working on now? Do you know? Yeah, I am. I actually, I, I already sold. I sold a book to Scholastic. Oh you wow! Know Scholastic. Yeah, well, it's I a, know like Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's um, and it is. It's a. It's more of a, a like a children's, a middle grade book. Um, and it's uh, but I'm setting it here in the land of enchantment in New, New Mexico. Um, and, uh, you know, there are missing and murdered indigenous women that the numbers are astronomical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've read about that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so this is about, uh, native Cherokee, 
family whose mom has been missing for years and 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 the boy the brother and the sister want to go find her and so um yeah so it's uh it's it's a little bit different um I'm, i hope to finish it this summer at at u-cross oh I'm, wow that's fast yeah well i've been i've been i started it i think in february yeah so it's um you know, it's uh, and it, it's 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 a short book. It's going to be you know, it's not 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 very long. So, um, so I'll, so like I'll finish. A, a native femicide for kids. <laughs> That's the concept yeah. you sold. <laughs> yeah, native. There's um, and and then there's some sort of uh, there's some more native. You know, I'm so fascinated with uh, Cherokee mythology, like I am Greek mythology. Yeah, me too. I used, yeah. I, I used to teach Greek mythology when I taught for I taught seventh graders for uh, three years. And um, we spent a long time on Greek mythology and I had them dress up, uh, you know, as as gods and goddesses and characters from mythology. And it was they really loved it. I had a, I, that was my favorite unit um, to teach uh, when I did that. But um, so this. Yeah, this is kind of a. Um, children's book that'll introduce some more uh, mythology and stories and um, um, you know talking uh, animals and spirit more spiritual stuff that I think is just hopefully will appe- yeah hopefully it'll appeal to a younger audience you know younger readership yeah. and yeah 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 I want to write but you know I never get around to it because I feel like there's always more pressing work but I do have always wanted to rewrite the myth of Eurydice, you know, from the point of view of Eurydice, right? Uh, yeah. Who's silenced. Uh, and, and, yeah. and the story as I understand it, as I've always understood it, is that Eurydice being, an, and she's a tree nymph, right? According to the, the, the myth. Uh, so uh-huh. she, she tends to her elm, I believe, right? That's her job. So, yeah. um, and of course she's, pre-patriarchal right so there is no like wedding per se or you know the, you know sexuality such such as it is is like part of nature you know when you're mm-hmm. going through springtime you mate and then <laughs> you give birth if you conceive and then you rest right and it, it, there is none of all of the tropes um of civilization and so yeah. orpheus sees her pulls her into that narrative and she quickly turns into the underworld and becomes famous, you know, ever after for this, mm-hmm. you know, silent part of the like objectified, you know, uh, yeah. whatever, babe, yeah. <laughs> bride. I... <laughs> so, yeah, I, I've always thought, oh, you know, write to write the book set in the underworld, um, you know, kind of like where she also like meets the other characters of, of Greek from Greek mythology, uh, the mortals, you know, in the underworld and tell her story in flashbacks would be so fun to do. But I, yeah, you should you should really do that. I mean, there's that. That woman that writes, is it Madeline Miller who wrote Cersei and uh, right, Cersei? Yeah. Um, you know, she. The, uh, those have been like bestsellers her books and she um i think she's a high school teacher and and you know uh, uh but she's re she's rewritten yeah. i haven't read yeah. her, her books but i think with you adding a, a, 
a different sort of perspective on it because um, I think Eurydice is not one that is really taught a lot and and talked about it seems like right um as much as as some of the others and and i'm not saying you'd have to write to a young audience but i mean i think just it's it's fascinating and i'm really fascinated by mythology and storytelling stories the way that stories uh grow out of myths and yeah i am too and i think that you know they because they are the earliest versions of what we're still speaking right so they kind of like give us a clearer view of what it a lot of you know what we're dealing with now is about i think you know like when you go back to those versions you understand even you know your own like psychology your own human exchanges through a simpler you know lens so yeah i i I find them very very interesting that way kind of like a you know, they they um, make everything much more concise and precise, you know. So Orpheus is a great character because he is the first form of Christ. He's the first martyr. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's the first monotheist prophet, so to speak, you know. Um, mm-hmm. He's the first superstar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And... Musician, right? Or right, yeah. Music- he was, yeah, yeah. He was very famous uh, in the whole like yeah. known world. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for his music. Yeah. Which... <laughs> Everybody sooned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, uh, r- r- reminds me a little bit of. Uh, did you ever read the Salman Rushdie's first children's book, um, Harun and the Sea of Stories? No, I have it. I, I don't think I got through it. No, I. Yeah, it, it's 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 really except I I like a lot of his work because he he you know oh I love his re- early work love 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 yeah yeah he reaches into mythology and stories and and uh, but um, Midnight the, Children a and the one he wrote about Benazir Bhutto so good what was that anyway yeah no I love all of his work until the Fatwa book <laughs> and then yeah. I, I honestly like didn't have a, I bought a couple of things oh the ground uh, shaking beneath her teeth uh, her feet oh ground beneath right? her feet yes. yeah, feet. yeah 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 I bought yeah. it but but it just you know it became kind of a challenge uh, as much as I it's... really adored his early work um, mm-hmm. yeah then the later work felt more cerebral and and, and less um, emotional yeah yeah I think you're right I mean he He's a really, really funny writer, and in he's some brilliant. ways, reminds. It is brilliant. Yeah, I think he's brilliant. It reminds me of Thomas Pynchon, um, in many ways, um, and that I think the both of those writers are just so brilliant and brilliant, what, yeah. what they what they do with language. He does some ma- amazing, funny stuff, but uh, but there's a character. Also. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a, a a character in in his his children's book who, um, kind of like Orpheus, is a, except in, not a musician, but he's a storyteller. And women uh, just swoon around. <laughs> right. That's it. reminded me of uh, yeah that uh, Orpheus character in some ways. So yeah, I um, I read it. I have it somewhere here waiting for its turn. <laughs> maybe, yeah, yeah. Maybe now is the moment you brought it out of its ashes. <laughs> 
that's what I hope, you know, with, with this book, I, I sold to Scholastic. Um, I hope it will appeal to adults as, as much as, as to, you know, to younger reader, to middle, middle readers, I think, you know, middle school or, or, or high school. Um, so, uh, I always put in some, um, I always put in some secret, uh, pop culture references, um, you know, to, to music and, and, uh, uh, you know, Bauhaus or, or the Smiths or something. And, and, um, that's what I did with my new book as well. I like to throw in those sort of eighties when I was a kid in the eighties, um, you know, and, and first discovering this, it's kind of like with discovering literature, my, my brother, uh, you know, did, went to college and, and brought all this great music back that I had, I had not heard before and uh, sort of opened up this great world. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, well, um, I'm looking forward to... Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. What is the title of it? Do you know? Working title? Uh, the working title is uh, Ziggy and Moon in the Land of Enchantment. Oh, Nice. Nice. <laughs> I don't know that. Moon uh, and Ziggy Starburst. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that's another pop culture reference. Yeah, Ziggy yeah. is uh, Star- and 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 well, and Moon is his sister is named Moon. Oh, okay. Yeah, his sister. So Ziggy and Moon are the the two siblings. Two main characters and, um, who are going on the journey. The, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, they 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 encounter a, a wide range of uh, um, characters and talking at Chupacabra. Talking to a coyote. That's um, nice. Wow, love that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of lot of animals, and and some of the animals that come out of Cher- Cherokee mythology. There's a lot of animal myths. Yeah, right? so, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's your writing schedule? My schedule? Yeah. I uh, part of the reason I look so much like shit right now <laughs> is. Uh, because I stayed up very, very late last night writing. I usually, I'm, I'm much more of a night bird, a night owl. And, um, and so, yeah, I haven't, uh, I, mornings, um, very rarely do, do I work. Yeah, um, I'm the same way. I, I work at night. Yeah. I work, I work very well at night because yeah, me too. everything falls silent. Yeah, me too. Same. Yeah. And, and it feels very much at peace and i yeah. feel like in the mornings that's in the mornings are when all the emails come in when everybody is posting on social media or something and and people are texting me um and then it slows down the afternoons i can write so i i sometimes will write and it's great this summer because it's just i'm on my own schedule so i'm not teaching right now so i will um you know sleep late of course and then um you know drink coffee and check go through all the emails and and in the in the afternoon i'll write a little bit and then i exercise um and then um um you know do stuff with my kids or do family stuff and then come back at night and uh and and usually write late into the night so yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what I do. That's what Cooper does too. He still does, actually. You know, there are a few of us yeah. who, like, you can text at 
3 a.m. and you know the Lancer immediately and they're writing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is, <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. And I've, I feel the same, you know, partly because, I mean, I can't even write in the afternoon. I, I, I really, uh, it has to be past midnight for me, for, for it to really work well. Um, uh, and yeah. I feel that that's the, you know, it's again about the freedom, you know, that I feel free at last, right? Free from identity mostly you yeah. know, free, free from my my place in the world and from the world around me so i can just you know go deep as if i you know weren't just i as if i were you know like consciousness in general yeah which There's, again i want to say you know goes back to your original point of like the trigger warnings that you know truth is for me where we're free from identity you know where we are like overlapping mm -hmm. with each other yeah, yeah. I, I agree and and there's something magical at, at when it feels like the world is or not the world but i mean the the maybe here the country right is mostly at silent and so late at night that's when i have always been like even since i was a kid i was you know i would stay up late and and um so I, and think I, <laughs> and think yeah. and yeah my my you know the 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 electricity comes on and it really lights up in the brain yeah, yeah. um at at that at that time and um it can happen during the day but it feels a little bit more sort of structured um in terms of the work like or a little bit more controlled whereas at night i feel like i can really just allow myself to to go wild wild in the country yeah. right yeah 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 that's it yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. let's go wild yeah yeah, yeah. definitely yeah so, sweet yeah. Okay, well, this was a great conversation. We could go yeah. on and on. <laughs> we could, yeah. We should have done this at two in the morning. Yeah, right? we, we, so, we could. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we could. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, um, and we'll do it again, I hope. And uh, yeah. thank you for your time and thank you for joining us today. And thank everybody you. out there, uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for being open to this uh, liberation conversation. And until next week, keep speaking sex. If I could make love incessantly, I would be God. My name is Eurydice Eve, and I'm a writer and artist best known for writing for Scribner and Spin, and these are my conversations with leaders in diverse human communities. Join our flow and stay with us for a while.